Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent Young and I'm here with my good friend Alan Small. And we do this podcast thing because we care about you, we care about your ministry, and we want your church to endure. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of churches that have not endured, and we want to give you all the tools we possibly can to help you and your church endure. So, Alan, today we're going to talk about some numbers. This is, uh, I was terrible at math, but these are small numbers, and I think I can handle this today. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. We want to talk about the power of three today. Um, and really, this is more of a kind of a, a personal assessment type thing. So uh, I know one of the things that you and I both run into recently is that we're in a role where there's not a, there's not a lot of people around us doing the exact same thing that we're doing. And it can be hard to figure out how good of a job you're doing. What do you do? And I know for a lot of our pastors, too, you may not even have a formal review process in your church or anything like that. So what are some of the things that you can do? And I've learned a lot just um, over the years. I was thinking about all the things um, that I've done in times of assessment, whether that's assessing someone else or myself or whatever. And it always seemed to have three in it. And so... You know, uh, I was thinking about in hiring people. Well, why don't you tell me three strengths that you have? And most people could rattle off three strengths like that. Well, what are three weaknesses? I'll never forget this one guy looking at me going, oh, I don't have any weaknesses. (laughs) And I remember thinking, okay, do it yourself. Do not under any circumstances hire this joker, you know. Um, But the same thing, you know, um, I heard, heard someone say, you know, why don't you just write down three things that you did well this past year? Three mm-hmm. things you didn't do so well last year is a, is a place to begin a review. And so those are some things, and I've used those a lot um, throughout my life. We'll, we're going to come back and talk about those. But the power of three, that's what we're talking about. Kind of like write down three things here. Mm-hmm. I love this. And I think it is important for us to do some assessment or, or at least have some conversations and I got to speak to a group of guys who do a lot of what I do this past week. And, and I asked them the question, what does success look like for them in their current role? And, you know, just questions like that. And like you said, giving some strengths and weaknesses and three things you've done well. I love that it gets people to think and they begin to do some self-evaluation in this. Yeah, because, you know, self-awareness matters. And one of the areas, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of leadership studies in the area of emotional intelligence, because I think that's the area that I've had to grow the most in over the course of time um, in my leadership. And self-awareness matters. And so the ability to know your strengths and your weaknesses is important. And that's not to give your weaknesses a slide. I think that's where I made a mistake early on is, oh, well, I'm weak at this. I don't care. Um, I do care because I got to take care of it, whether that's getting someone to help me or getting better at it or whatever that is, I have to do something, but you know, self-awareness matters. So what are, you know, what are your three strengths? Could you name those? If I, you know, if I asked you, if I bumped into you on the street and I said, well, what do you, what do you consider your strengths? Are you self-aware enough to know, you know, what your strengths are? And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Well, and being able to, um, you know, just take a hard look at yourself. Sometimes 
Um, people, like you said earlier, we do a little better with some strengths or if we sometimes I've, I've talked to people, Alan, that they struggle with knowing or being able to say that they have strengths. Um, and, and God has blessed us and gifted us to be able to do some things. And so I think that each of us have some strengths, but of course we have some weaknesses. And I've seen guys and gals both that they knew that they had some weaknesses, but they weren't willing to pay the price or put in the time to work on those weaknesses. Um, and we have to do that as well. Yeah, not knowing your weaknesses and, or not, and not acknowledging your weaknesses is going to get you into trouble. Take something like weight. You know, right. if you're going to put if you're going to put a bowl of donuts around yourself and then complain about, well, I, I, I have a hard time eating healthy, but you're going to the store and buying Krispy Kremes every day. You know, you're you're inviting the you're inviting trouble, right? Well, the same is true in our life. We all we all have weaknesses. So if you give in to that weakness all the time, it's just going to kind of unravel you. But knowing the weakness allows you to do something around it. So, you know, for instance, when I was working on, on um, my D-men, you know, I knew that I knew that I would procrastinate if I didn't get things done. So I would try to get the papers done as soon as I could. So I wouldn't procrastinate doing them. So they would be done very early. And so that was one of the things that I did to avoid to avoid that in my life, knowing that my long range desires, I'll put off things that don't have to be done. Man, you're, you're stepping all over my toes, Alan, here on the, the food <laughs> thing, especially. Uh, but I, find, <laughs> I find myself procrastinating a lot of times too. And, um, you know, but God has called us, you know, if we're ministering for him to continually grow, um, we don't just reach a plateau um, and, and we can't defeat the enemy that we don't know. Um, and so we've got to be honest with ourselves. And sometimes those assessments, uh, Alan and I have shared with you all several assessments. And I know Alan enjoyed the Enneagram and, and it's tools like that. They're, they just kind of help us to see in a better picture and understand what things we need to work on. Yeah, and I know some people don't even like the Enneagram and have problems with it. That's okay. We're not telling you you have to use that one. But if you don't know what your strengths are, if you struggle to get to a third one, maybe you know, okay, well, I've got this one really good strength, but you don't know what some of your other strengths are. I think it's important to find those. I think it's important to be able to go beyond one. And I think it's easy for someone to say, well, I've got this one strength and this one weakness. Well, let's dig a little deeper. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to that's why I think it's good to get down to three and look at that. Because I think when you get down to that third one, you're really starting to uncover more of who you are um, as a person, you know, so think about your strengths and weaknesses. And then I mentioned the other one that I used to do with the reviews, you know, what are three things you did well, or what are three things you didn't do so well? You know, what a great thing you can do at the, at the end of a year or at the end of a project, you can ask yourself these questions. What is it that I did well? And then what about a not so good? Yeah, just like we mentioned the weaknesses and things we don't do well and how we need to work on those. I think it's important to work on those things that we do well, um, because, you know, we again, we're not plateaued. We've got to continue to grow. And I want to polish those things that I do well. And I want to do more of those things that 
to me, that helps me understand areas that I should focus on, uh, things that I do well, and then maybe some things I don't do well, that helps me to see areas I should delegate to people who would do those better. And over time, you'll see a trend. I almost mm-hmm. always do this part well. I almost always don't do this part well. And if you're a younger pastor, that's how you get to know yourself. Doing this on a regular basis can help you see, okay, is this an area I'm progressing in or is this a perpetual weakness? And, you know, sometimes that perpetual weakness is just something we have to manage. You're, you're, you're never going to be great at it. You're never going to probably love it. So you have to find a way to manage it. But the things that you do well, you're going to gravitate towards. So it becomes more fulfilling when you're spending time doing the things that you do well. We all like to get positive feedback. We, we all like a little confidence. You know, I love, I love watching basketball games. And a shooter, when they're on, you know, I mean, it's, they can throw up a shot that looks funky and weird, and it goes in. But when they're cold, you know, they miss layups. They miss dunks, you <laughs> yeah. know, because, because confidence, your confidence mm-hmm. is shaken. And so when you're doing the things you do well, you're, you, you have more confidence and you tend to, to excel um, in those things. You can kind of tweak this question too, Trent, and you can say, what are three things that you should spend more time doing and mm-hmm. three, th- three things you should spend less time doing? And this one, this is one where I really step all over myself a lot of times. Well, and, you know, I find... And it's what's really frustrating, Alan, is that I find myself spending more time on things that I don't do well when I should spend more time on things that I do well. And so, yeah, it's it's an area. I think these are great questions that we should all ask ourselves. And, and these questions, not only in jobs, maybe you're working bivocationally and pastoring or ministering, uh, or volunteering at your church, but um, think about these in terms of your church and even your marriage and the decision-making that you do in those settings. Um, what would be some things that you would find are your strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, I mean, what a great question for your church. Hey, what does our church do well? Hmm. You know, every church thinks, every church thinks, for instance, that they do, that they, that they welcome well. But I can tell you, not every church welcomes well. <laughs> I have been, <laughs> in, I've been in some churches that think, man, look how friendly we are. And I'm sitting there and I'm a guest. I've never seen me before. And, and no one even says hi to me. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not doing this so well. But I've also been in churches that I, someone's come in and they've introduced themselves. And, and I've even been there before. And they're still, well, can we help you find a seat? Do you need to know where anything is? And, you know, I see churches that really do shine in, in that area. I've seen churches that do missions really well. Does your church do missions really well? Does your church do children's ministry really well? It's important to know the things you do well, um, because those are probably the areas where people are most attracted to your church. It's also important to see those things that you don't, don't do so well, your weaknesses, um, so that you can look and see, is this important for us to address and important um, for us to fix. And so you can look at those things and it uh, should help guide your process for, you know, your disciple making process. And so as we talk about that as a church, you know, we find out those things that, hey, we are doing well. And sometimes that means bringing in a 
someone from the outside to tell you, help you know which things you're actually doing well and maybe some weaknesses, but we can polish and promote those things that we are doing well. And then we have to do some hard evaluation of those things we're not doing so well so that we can fix because a lot of times those things we're not doing well could be losing us people from our church. And so we need to be able to fix those things. Maybe if you don't do well at greeting or you don't do children's ministry well, that's going to cause you to lose some families. And those are areas you certainly want to focus on and work on so that you can keep those families as a part of your church. Yeah, I think another good question for the church is what are the three things that you should spend more time doing and three things you should spend less time doing. If your church, if your church has 27 Bible studies, but no outreach program, you should probably spend less time doing Bible studies and more time doing outreach. But yeah. if all you ever do is outreach and you're not doing any Bible study, you're robbing some people of some discipleship opportunities. So maybe, maybe you're too heavy in one area and you're not getting enough in the other area. And so, you know, what is it that you're doing that is not even fruitful at all? You know, well, this is something that we do, but we don't get anything out of this. This doesn't impact God's kingdom at all. We we shouldn't do this at all. Let's just stop it and put mm-hmm. our efforts into these other things that are, are what, going well. I would encourage you after events that your church does to do some of the same type of evaluation and say, hey, you know, <laughs> are, are we getting any response from this? Is this something we did well? Uh, did we have the volunteers we needed? Did we plan it well? Did we train well? Did we have all the resources? Or are these weaknesses? And and just like Alan said, is this something we shouldn't spend our time on anymore? And there are some sacred cows in churches, but remember those make the best hamburger. Um, so uh, you can get rid of some things, right? Yeah, so it's important questions to ask our church as a whole. But, you know, you can take this into other parts of your life as well. Just uh, take it to your marriage. You know, what are the strengths and weaknesses of your marriage? You may have a great marriage, but it could probably use some strengthening in some areas. And do you celebrate enough the things that, that do make you strong? And do you really celebrate those things and appreciate your mate for those things? So take this same idea and put that into your marriage and, or into your parenting And I think it can be really helpful. I love that, Alan. I'm glad you mentioned that. What a great exercise for a couple to do. Uh, We spoke to a group last night and, um, you know, just reminding them that that we continually, Dana and I continually are looking for marriage retreats. Um, We try to go to one every other year or so. And, and, you know, those cause us to ask these questions that we're talking about right now. Um, Hey, what areas do we need to work on? even before we get to the retreat, we're talking about, hey, what areas do we want to focus on this next year to get better in our marriage? And uh, we don't have kids at home anymore, but we pray for <laughs> pray for our kids as they parent now. So um, anyway, so these are, I love this question you brought up, Alan. And these are very good to ask in all areas, our church personally and in our family setting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's okay to ask your kids too. How what do I do that makes you feel loved? If you want to, if you want to know how your kid feels loved, you know, I mean, we know that there's the book, the five love languages and a lot of that probably would feed into that. Uh, but what is it that you do that really makes your kids feel loved? I mean, it's a great question to ask your kids sometimes. Well, what do I do that 
it makes you feel like maybe I'm not engaged or I don't care. Oh, I've heard it, heard it said of pastors, you know, when kids said, well, I hate it when you go to everyone else's ball game, but you don't come to mine. That communicates a lot, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. if you'd ask, if you ask the question, you might not see it, but then you would know it. And right. so you can learn, you can learn a lot through these questions, and, but even take it to a smaller scale. You know, we talk about marriage and family decisions or in, in small time things like uh, in the role that we're in and all of us, if you're in ministry, you have meetings. What were right. three things? What were three really good things that were said in that meeting? What were three things that caused me concern or, you know, what are three ways that this thing decision could go bad? You know, ask those questions, start putting those questions into the decision making process. You know, I was talking to some churches about a a particular issue today. And so I gave them, let me tell you some more ways that this can go really right. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you a few ways that this can go really wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, guess what? You've got to be able to answer that question. If you're going to take this back to your whole church, you've got to be ready to answer both of those those questions. You've got to be able to tell them this is what could happen and go, goes right. These are the things that we need to address before we go into this because this is where it can take a wrong turn. Yeah, and so we we titled this podcast, our note anyway, The Power of Three, and, and it's three questions. And I, I've said a lot of times, I've heard this from someone, I'm sure I'm stealing it from someone else, but great leaders ask great questions. And I, I love this because we're encouraging you to ask some questions in all areas of your life. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 20 questions. It's just, just three, you know, just, just name three things that you need to work on or ask just, you know, a simple question can cause you to do some serious evaluation and to be able to endure more. Yeah, and I also think it keeps us from overcomplicating it. You know, sometimes we get a, can get a laundry list. Well, our church needs to do these 12 things. Mm-hmm. Start with three. Start with three. It's powerful to do things um, in the power of three. So I'd encourage you, don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it too simple. Right there, I think three is a pretty simple spot if you're not in the habit of doing those things. And so we, uh, we like that number. Three is right on. I don't know if that's the one in Sesame Street that they said was a magic number. I like it today. It's a great number. And so <laughs> we want you to uh, be able to ask yourself these questions and come up with some great answers to be able to help you to do the things in ministry and to help your church to do those things well. And also in your family, because you can't do ministry if your family's struggling, we want you to do that well as well. So I appreciate you listening to our podcast today. Um, we're excited. We're getting some some folks that are experiencing the Enduring Podcast for the first time recently. And so we want to say welcome. We appreciate your time. And we hope that you'll do us a favor and share this with the friend that's in ministry or someone you think might gain something from this. But also, if you have a topic that you would love for us to speak about, please connect with us on Facebook or our webpage. We'd love to be able to help you in that. So thank you for listening. I hope you'll turn it, tune in next time.